This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 94. Hey everybody, how are you all doing? Solo episode from me this week. I'm going to be talking to you about some of the evolving trends I've noticed happening on Instagram over the years and what we can learn from studying them. Today's episode is sponsored by Vodafone Business, who I am a business ambassador for. I've been working with Vodafone as part of their new group of ambassadors since the start of the year, exploring their products and also sharing our knowledge collectively to offer support to the online business community as really this is a time we know connection has become more important than ever for all of us. I don't know about you, but switching to a business package for my phone was seriously one of the things I resisted for the longest time in my work. I think it was because I didn't really believe my business was proper or legitimate enough or big enough, maybe. And so I just thought it was going to end up costing me more money for no benefit. But turns out, big surprise, if you use your phone for your working life, a business plan from Vodafone can make your life a whole lot easier. There's access to business advisors, there's G Suite and Microsoft Teams right there directly on your phone. Vodafone Business is working really hard to meet the needs of entrepreneurs and digital creatives like us and to keep us connected and productive no matter how upside down our world might turn this year. You can find out more and find my video story for Vodafone in the show notes for this episode. Okay, on to today's topic. So my idea for this episode first came about when my last Insta retreat class was on sale just a few weeks back. If, by the way, you've missed it, don't worry, it goes on sale quarterly. So if you are listening to this in autumn, winter 2020, the next class is going to be January 2021. So you can hop on my email list and you'll get a reminder. All good. So one thing I did around the launch last time was... I invited people who were thinking about buying the course, but maybe not completely sure to send me an email so we could chat. And now I have to say that in so many respects, I think this is actually a pretty terrible idea because one, it completely overwhelms both me and my inbox. And two, I do suspect that there are some people who are probably almost ready to buy, but then that invitation gives them a moment of hesitation, makes them think, oh, well, maybe I'll just double check. And so then it requires me to do all the extra work in order to complete the sale that probably would have happened anyway. I mean, it probably takes me like 15 to 20 minutes to reply to every email and say there's like a hundred of them sitting in my inbox. Yeah, you can imagine. But the reason I do do this from time to time is firstly, obviously, I always want people to make sure that they're making the right decision about what's going to help them from a place of knowing and integrity and feeling really good about it. But also from quite a selfish point of view, it is a really good exercise to be talking to your customers or your potential customers about what they want from you from time to time. And I'm quite lucky because I get a lot of chance to do this just in the DMs I receive and within the classes I teach. I do get to hear about these problems quite frequently and from quite varied perspectives. But if you haven't got that, maybe if you feel like you don't fully understand what your audience wants from you and what their pain points are, then this is especially something useful that you could do. And because every time for me I do it, I just get so much insight into what's going on for people, what their concerns are around Instagram and how I can best shape my offer to help them. 
And this time, something that made me reflect and really made me smile and then eventually inspired this episode was as I was going through all those emails, there was one recurring question that just kept coming up again and again and again. That question was, can I still be successful on Instagram now that it all seems to be about text-based posts and infographics and teaching? Because that's not what I do. Maybe I'm a photographer, I'm a crafter, an artist, or I just have a physical product, uh, or it just doesn't feel like me. And I feel like there's no place for me because I want to take pretty pictures and Instagram's not about that anymore. Like, I feel like I've missed my opportunity. So many emails with some combination of those thoughts. So the reason that made me smile is because I know if I went back into my inbox two years ago, even just a year ago, and found when I repeated this exercise, I was getting the exact same kind of emails, except then they were all asking, is there room for me on Instagram? Can I still grow? Because now Instagram is just all about Photoshop and digital manipulation and those wild, creative, maybe surreal images, and they're just not me. And before that, a few years before that, people were saying, it's all about being real now and I've got to pull my heart out and I don't want to share all the details of my personal life. So I don't think I belong on Instagram. Or even a time when people were saying, it's all about flowers, it's just all about peonies and I'm not a flower person, it's impossible for me to grow on that. So what I really want to assure these people and anyone listening who maybe sometimes has some similar thoughts is this. Everything is a trend. I have been using and studying and teaching Instagram for nearly seven years now, and I have seen this happen time and time again. In fact, it's right there in the final lesson of the Insta Retreat class I teach. It's a reminder that everything is always in ebb and flow. Things are going to come, things are going to go, things are going to feel overwhelming and like it's the be all and end all, and then one day they'll just recede again. And this is true for pretty much everything in life, but it's especially true for any problem you might be having on Instagram. Maybe feeling like you're not being seen, maybe hashtags aren't working the way you want, maybe the algorithm is miscategorizing your posts, whatever. It's true for every single trend. And that's great news because trends by nature are always temporary, they're always short-lived and they're always cyclical. So this is why I'm sometimes a bit wary of some of the teachings you might find out there that try and make social media in general overly simple. So I remember for a while back then there was a lot of stuff teaching the whole follow to unfollow shady method and then Instagram cracked down on that. And then there are people who teach one particular style of imagery, do this exact type of post over and over and you will find success. People who are just teaching that one particular way of attacking it and telling you that it's the only way to find success. Now, that's not to say there's not awesome value in some of that teaching. Not the follow to unfollow. There's no value there, but everything else, sure. And especially if you love that style of posting, if there's someone you really want to learn from and you want to hone your craft as a creator, it is so wonderful to go down that route and learn that and develop those skills and really invest the time to create the ideas that you have in your head. I think that's always a great use of our time and or money and I just wholeheartedly support it. But I want to caution that I think there's a danger when we're told that there's ever a one-size-fits-all formula for Instagram and that we have to be following it. 
because it's always going to change. And it's probably going to change sooner than any of us think. And if we go all in on posting one type of content or in one type of ritual and routine that isn't really true and sustainable for you, then when that happens, when that change comes, you're probably going to lose everything. Again, this is born from a lot of experience of working with people who did go all in on one particular trend built an amazing audience who were really invested in that trend but then they or maybe the audience went and moved on from the trend and it's the creator who's left stranded. So I'm going to make up um, a random example so I don't have to give away anyone's secret identity. So let's imagine you had hopped on to the vajazzle trend whenever that was a few years ago. Imagine you were just all about the vajazzle, your social media, your business, 100% vajazzle. I should say for the uninitiated here, vajazzle was that trend that was around for a while about sparkly temporary jewellery that could be applied to a a woman's intimate area, let's say. Um, It was apparently a thing. And then people got over it. Like, does anyone ever want that anymore? Admittedly, I was not particularly invested in the scene, so I I could be behind the times, but I feel pretty safe in assuming for this example that it's pretty much a no, that vajazzle is over. So then what does that person do? That person with the all-encompassing vajazzle brand? Because not only is their content not going to be very interesting and not going to be what people are looking for anymore, but probably it's not really what they would have chosen to be creating in the first place. You've ended up building something with no sustainability and painted yourself into a digital corner. I know sometimes it really puzzles people that I personally take such long breaks from social media and Instagram now, but the way I see it is I make my Instagram work for me and not the other way around. Social media is a tool that is there for me when I need it, and like any tool, like a hammer that I keep in my shed, I don't want to have to be feeding it or polishing it when I'm not using it I want to just be able to throw it back in the toolbox until I next need it and trust that my hammer skills that I developed over the years will mean I always know how to use it when I next pick it up it's really important that we do take this longer view and sort of zoom out and look at the big picture of Instagram because then it becomes a lot easier to have a healthy relationship with it and it becomes so much more sustainable If you take nothing else from this episode, please make sure that you are always keeping half an eye on your own creative desires and reserves, your long-term plans, your overall aims. Because what we've seen with every single Instagram trend that's come and gone is how easy it is to be pulled off path by the numbers. They can be intoxicating. And I've been as guilty of this as anyone. It is so seductive to be able to post something and get huge traction, like get thousands and thousands of likes and post something similar and know that you're going to get it again over and over if you can just keep churning it out until you get to a point where posting anything different anything that brings you kind of back to your ordinary baseline seems pointless or maybe even feels like a failure by comparison what I see is a lot of people mistaking that for the full formula for success They think that because they figured out one thing that will grow their audience right now, that it's always going to work and that they've got Instagram all measured up. What happens when you get burned out with creating that one kind of content because it's not fun or it's not challenging or it's not you anymore? 
What happens when the algorithm changes and starts to promote something entirely different? If your strategy is just to follow the Instagram trends, just to cash in on whatever is big right now, you're going to have to reinvent yourself over and over again. And that's not a reinvention born of evolving inspiration. Like, let's be clear here, because as creatives, absolutely, there are times when we just need to completely reinvent or change course and follow our own internal compass. But this isn't that. This is reinvention at everyone else's demand and you get no say in it. So what is the solution then? I teach a concept I call outreach and nurture posts. So an outreach post is one that you have deliberately crafted based on whatever analytics or metrics or all the different ways that I teach of crafting content that you know reasonably well, you can expect it to perform well. It's going to extend beyond your immediate audience. It's going to reach people who don't already follow you. Outreach, as in it's reaching out to the community. For me, that would be something like one of my window photos. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm at me underscore and underscore Orla. Uh, Pictures of my window, I look out onto this beautiful scenery in Yorkshire, pretty consistently will do really well. So I know if I'm going to post one of those, I can expect a spike in engagement. And I counterbalance those kind of posts with what I term nurture posts. This is content that I really want to be making. And actually, it's probably the content that a lot of my long term followers, people who really connect with me and my work, it's what they want to be seeing. It's what they're really there for, rather than just like window picture after window picture. So it's really important to me as a creator and to that long term kind of slightly more connected audience that there is that variety in there. I could just post the window pictures every single day. I could grow probably a following in the millions quite quickly that way. But then what? Am I going to teach a class on taking pictures of windows (laughs) and using that for growth? It's very limited. It's very narrow. And it doesn't really give you any insight or connection with me as a human. What you'll find with these like outreach and nurture posts is the difference in stats on likes on the two kinds of posts are exactly what you'd expect. Outreach posts massively outperform the quieter and less flashy nurture style content. But when you look at other metrics like shares or saves for them, often you'll find it's the nurture content that's quietly performing best. It might not look as impressive to any outside pairs of eyes who are looking at your account, but it's creating that traction that really counts and is going to serve you in the long term. Now, there's not a specific formula to decide what's going to be a nurture post and what's going to be an outreach post. It's more about getting to know how your content performs on Instagram, creating rhythms, creating systems, all the things that we go through in the class so that eventually you get to a point where you can pull something out of the bag and get a predictable result. The main reason I recommend this strategy is because it's a way of tapping into current trends without letting yourself be pulled completely off path. It's sort of a way of dabbling and recognizing, okay, right now it's informative posts and answers to people's questions and infographics on carousels sliding through, which as an aside is hilarious because it was only really two or three years ago that the absolute opposite was true on Instagram and no one had any time for that. But also keeping in mind that it's going to change very soon and that we're just dipping in. Knowing that next year it could be diary pages or we could be back to coffee flat lays or who even knows. 
by not wedding ourselves or our visual identity or our brand to any one particular type of post, we get to stay really nimble, we get to stay really flexible, and we get to build a whole brand that's about more than the latest fad and always retains space for who we are and depth across everything we do. Now, for anyone who might be listening to this and thinking, "Uh uh-oh, that might be exactly what I've done to myself, or maybe even feeling slightly attacked, I just want to assure you that none of that is my intention here. Nothing is irreversible. I just want to encourage you to spend some time imagining, like, what would you post to Instagram if you couldn't even see the numbers? If you couldn't see what everyone else was doing and you were just sharing what felt most valuable to you and to the people who you regularly are connecting with there. Is there room for that right now in what you share? Like, how can you add it in? In the end, what this comes down to for me is sustainability and longevity. It's about creating something in a very fast social media world that isn't panicked, that takes its time and that knows who it is and it keeps its feet firmly on the ground. By all means, please play with the trends, use the trends like little rocket boosters to pop into your feed whenever you want that. But just don't become the trend. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that right now is going to last any longer than it ever has before. Because pretty soon that one trick pony is going to run away from you and you're going to need to have some other ones in the stable, even if their tricks are less showy and impressive on first glance. Don't be afraid to experiment. I just want to caution that hopefully nothing I've said here has made you think that that should be the takeaway today because it's truly not. Please experiment, mix it up, play, have fun, be flexible in all that you do creatively on online because that's the only way you're going to want to keep showing up and doing it for the next 7, 10, 20 years. Remember that while a trend can feel huge or all-encompassing in the moment, like it's dominating every single area of Instagram, you are always, by design, being held in a tiny niche on social media. Instagram will keep showing you the same kind of content that it already knows you like or thinks you like. So if you click like on those informative posts or if you're scrolling through and reading them, it's going to show you more and more and more of them on your feed. That doesn't mean that the next person who loves parenting posts or recipe content or seeing people's artwork is doing or seeing any of the same trends as you. The people in Japan or Australia right now might be having their own trend cycle panics. When we choose one type of content as the right type of content, we're automatically limiting our reach and our audience to the people who only want to see that one type of thing. There are more than a billion active users on Instagram and the way to reach as many of those as possible is to be as varied and open and nuanced as you, the human, already are. So please keep room for all of the different parts of yourself on Instagram, on any social media. This current trend, I see this information giving. Yes, it's bringing rapid growth right now for sure. It's a great way to establish your expertise in one area, but I don't think it leaves much room for people to get to know you. I don't think it creates that human connection and that brand loyalty that means when the trend is over, when your person's problem is solved and when they no longer need all the information you're giving, it's everything else that makes them stick around. It's knowing about what goes on in your life. It's knowing the bigger picture, knowing the things where you connect, knowing that you both love Italian food or that your child has a similar health condition or 
that that person just knows where to buy all the best floaty dresses in the summer. That's the glue that makes people stick around long term. And this is so easy to check. Just think about the accounts you've unfollowed. What is it that made you decide that they weren't for you anymore? And what about the ones that you followed through everything, even if their content has moved on? Maybe it's not necessarily the inspiration to you it used to be, but you keep following them. I'll wager the difference there is in the human connection. Okay, that's all I have for you guys to think about this week. As always, I love to hear how these episodes sit with you, whether it feels true for your experience whether you've got anything to add to the conversation. You can find me on Twitter at me and Ola and Instagram, same username, just with underscores in between. And you can use the hashtag, hashtag authentic, hashtag, hashtag authentic. You know what I mean. Show notes for this episode are at meandola.co.uk forward slash podcast 94, where you'll also find a link to my Vodafone Think Big Start Small video feature and all the other things we've talked about this week. As part of my Vodafone ambassador role, I'm going to be joining Enterprise Nation and Vodafone Business for a lunch and learn session on the 18th of November at 12 p.m. So that's lunchtime here in the UK where I'll be talking about the role value plays in creating organic business growth online and answering any of your questions as well. To join us, you can go to enterprisenation.com forward slash events. I would really love to see some familiar faces there. A very extra special thank you to Vodafone Business for sponsoring this week's episode and helping me to keep this podcast going out into the world for you all. As always, I am donating 10% of my sponsorship fee to Women for Women International and I will share some links about the awesome work that they're doing over in the show notes too. Most of all, thank you to you, dear human, for listening along and I'll see you next week. <laughs>